0: Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord With Me podcast hosted by Becky Damron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship with Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for his word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies Bible studies, speaking at ladies conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book.
1: As we finished our last episode, we were talking about Matthew 5, 6. In it, we were explaining more the aspect of God's part in this verse. In that idea, for they shall be filled. I read several verses about people who hunger and thirst and pant after God and how that God answers them, and God helps them, for they shall be filled. But I want to look at a couple other aspects of this verse. One is the word righteousness. What does that mean? You know, the world has a different definition of righteousness than what we do. They would call something right that we would say is completely wrong, because God says it's wrong, according to God's Word. So I wanted to get a good definition, so I went to Webster's and looked up righteousness. And it said there... Purity of heart and rectitude of life. Conformity of heart and life to the divine law. Righteousness, as used in scripture and theology, in which it is chiefly used, is nearly equivalent to holiness. Comprehending holy principles and affections of heart. And conformity of life to the divine law. It includes all we call justice, honesty, virtue, with holy affections, in short, it is true religion, the active and passive obedience of Christ, which the law of God is fulfilled, by which the law of God is fulfilled. So when we think about righteousness, that's that's huge. I mean, this is unattainable. When we look at it, equivalent to holiness, wow, uh, holy principles The affections of the heart, a lot of times the affections of my heart aren't holy. They tend towards wrong thoughts. And, you know, here the conformity of life to the divine law, not the laws of man, but God's laws. Wow. And then active and passive obedience to Christ. So we actively follow Christ and passively in all of our passive uh, thoughts and and motives and actions, we follow Christ. This is a very steep, high bar. And when when we look at this, we, we say, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. So what does this tell me? This person, now we, we talked about righteousness. First, we talked about God who says he's going to fill it. Then we talked about righteousness. But this person here, they know they don't have all these qualities in their life. They hunger and they thirst after righteousness. They're not one who is proud. We looked before at the publican and the, the Pharisee who was praying the praying Pharisee was not hungering and thirsting after righteousness. He felt like he had it already. When I look at that definition of righteousness, oh I want it, I want it, I strive for it, but I know it's not within me on my own. So now we come to the aspect of the viewpoint of who it who are these people? Blessed are they. So first we looked at God fulfills, he he answers. What does he answer with? Righteousness. Who are the ones that get this? Who gain this righteousness? Those which hunger and thirst, those who know that they don't have it within themselves to gain God's favor. We hunger and thirst after it because we know we don't have it within ourselves. My friend, you have to see yourself as lacking. And yet striving at the same time. It's not that we say, oh, I know I can't be righteous and so we just chuck it up and say, I'll just do whatever I want. No, we know we can't be righteous in ourselves. We hunger and thirst after and God gives us His righteousness. You know, if we don't have Christ's righteousness in us. We can't do the following verses. We're going to have several verses here that are impossible to do without Christ's righteousness. And so we have to begin with a hunger and thirst after righteousness. If somebody is being witnessed to and you're talking to them about the Lord and they have no desire for the things of God, they are not going to understand salvation. It's not good to lead somebody in a prayer when they don't see their need. We have to see our need for a Savior. Then we can be filled. So many today are ones who take Jesus. I mean, they have Jesus. I got Jesus in my heart. They have no idea who Jesus is. I was uh, listening to somebody explain it this way recently. They were saying, what if you were very good friends with a certain, uh, let's say, I'll make up Michael Jordan. Let's say you're very good friends with Michael Jordan. You know him very well. And then somebody comes to you and they talk to you about Michael Jordan. And they say, do you know that he is this tall? Do you know that he has shot this many times? And they're acting like they know Michael Jordan. But... You know they don't. They just know surface things about him. Now, that's a very, very silly illustration. But sometimes I talk to people about God, and I'm trying to witness to them, and they tell, oh, yeah, I got God. Uh Uh-huh. And they start talking about God, and I know they don't know God. The only way we come to know God and gain his righteousness is seeing that we have a need for him, that we can't do life without him, that we will not— gain salvation without Christ's righteousness. So this verse has so many viewpoints and it's important to see all those viewpoints. so we started at the end and worked our way forward. now we're going to start forward so let's look at this those that hunger and thirst do you hunger and thirst after righteousness? do you hunger and thirst to do what's right do you want want to please God you will be filled. You don't have to live in defeat, and that's I—that's why I wanted to end on the positive end also in that you can live with Christ's righteousness. You don't have to live where you're wallowing in sin. When we have accepted Christ as our Savior, we have the power and strength now to live a righteous life because of Him. And God says, you're going to be filled. Filled with what? Righteousness. When it it says here, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. They're not going to be filled with Twinkies and hot dogs. No, they're filled with righteousness. And what do we say? Blessed men. Joyously, joyously happy. We live a happy, fulfilled life. Do you live a defeated life? Do you hunger and thirst after righteousness? Well, Maybe that's why you live a defeated life, because you aren't hungry and thirsting after righteousness. You're thirsting and hungering after the things of this world, and you'll never be satisfied if that's what you're searching for. So I, this verse is very important, and I think it's a, uh, an important aspect as we come to this message and we go through it that we understand that we can be filled with Christ's righteousness. And because of that, then we can move on to verse 7. Those who know that their righteousness is only because of God can easily show mercy. Look at that verse, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. How can they show mercy? Because they know their righteousness is not of their own. Did the Pharisees show mercy? No. They were very proud. And not just proud, they were hateful people. If you're hateful towards others and you're not merciful, it's probably because you don't hunger and thirst after Christ's righteousness and you don't have his righteousness. I'm not saying that there's somebody who is has uh, been saved and they're, they're not showing mercy that they're not saved. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is sometimes we forget about where our righteousness comes from when we remember that, we can show mercy. Jesus is gonna give us a, a parable about a man who didn't show mercy at all to somebody else because he didn't see how he was forgiven. And that's why verse six is before verse seven, because when we see that our righteousness is only from God, then we can show mercy. Joyously happy are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. I think it's interesting that God has clauses in the Bible. Now, these are not for salvation. Now, we don't get saved by works, but we do have to come with the right attitude. We don't come in pride for salvation. But then after that, God shows mercy to people who are merciful to others. Do you feel like your life is just not full of mercy? Now, you may not understand that God is showing you mercy. A lot of times we think, oh, our lives are so terrible. And if we realize the mercy that God was showing us all along, we would be thankful. But sometimes we're not getting that break that we'd like because we're not being merciful. God tells us over and over, you have to do this and then I'll do this. We, we don't just automatically grow in the Lord we have to take steps ourselves. We gain God's righteousness. We accept that free gift. Then we still hunger and thirst for being a holy, righteous person. And God gives us the ability to do it. And then when we see somebody else who's struggling, we know, you know what? That was me. That is me. I can show mercy to them because I know where they are. I understand it. And then we gain mercy of God. Wow, it's like a... A uh, uh, ball of snow. You remember making snowmen growing up. Uh, we would get a little ball of snow and we'd roll it, and it get bigger and bigger and bigger. That's how God's favor works on us. The more we show mercy to others, the more He shows mercy to us, and it just grows and grows. And we're going to see. It's not just mercy, but forgiveness. We, as we forgive others, He forgives us, and and we are are able to. Bear life so much more in spite of ourselves, but that's where verse seven doesn't happen though without verse six. And then verse eight says, "Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God." These people enjoy uh, are are pure not just on the outside, but they're pure on the inside as well. You see, you can be pure on the outside as far as you can look good on the outside and have a rotten heart. Now if you're pure on the inside, it will come out. It goes the opposite way. So some people they they walk around and they, you know, act like the world, they look like the world, they think like the world and they say, "Yeah, but you don't see my heart. You don't know it's pure." No, that's impossible. What Jesus is saying is blessed are the pure in heart, not just on the outside. Jesus is going to talk about the outside and how it's important, but that's secondary. I think of this as far as um, standards of living. There's certain things that we do and we should do in order to keep us from sin and from doing what's wrong. But sometimes we get the cart before the horse, if you, if you, just, if you can understand what I mean there. Sometimes we put the outside more important and up on a higher level than the inside. The inside is what God looks at, and yet he wants it to be seen on the outside because that's what man looks at. But the pure in heart are those that are not just looking good, but they have purity within their heart. I have several verses here to read about this, and I don't know if we'll get through all of them. But Psalm 119 1 says, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. That's the idea of pure, undefiled. So, the, my point is, if you're pure in heart, you're not going to be walking in the way of the world. You're not going to a rock concert where a woman has no clothes on and is singing vile, disgusting things. And I point that out because I have seen people who claim to be pure in heart there. I don't. I'm not there, but they post things like they're there, and and this is great. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm pure in heart. No, you're not. No because you're undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Psalm 15, 1 through 5 says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh truth in his heart. He that backbideth not with his tongue. See how that's, that comes from the heart. Nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. In whose eyes a vile person is condemned, but honoreth them that fear the Lord, he that sweareth in his own to his own hurt and changeth not, he that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent, he that doeth these things shall never be moved. This is describing a pure person, someone who does not take bribes, who doesn't make money off the poor, who says, I, I will be harmed in order to do what's right. Okay, even though uh, you misunderstood me, I will take the wrong. Um, they don't backbite. They don't talk behind somebody's back about them. Psalm 24, three said, "'Who shall attend, ascend into the hill of the Lord, "'or who shall stand in his holy place? "'He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, "'who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, "'nor sworn deceitfully.'" We have more verses here to read about pure in heart, but this is where I'd like to pause and ask you, are you pure in heart? Are you one that just looks good on the outside and not pure on the inside? What do you do when no one's around? What do you watch when no one's around? Do you allow yourself to view things because nobody's looking? That's not somebody who's pure in heart. Those that are pure in heart want to be pure before God always it's not just in front of men heavenly father i pray that you would help us to understand how we can't have righteousness without you and yet when we receive that righteousness we still need to strive we still need to seek for purity it shouldn't be that because we're saved we can just live however no because we are saved we want to live pure before you help us to do that today and help us to do everything to honor and glorify you
0: Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord with Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may He greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following His Word.